Trending news right now. We discuss what's happened in social media looking at the last 24 hours with our social commentator, Loiso Matrigo. Loiso, hello. Thanks for joining us again. Happy Thursday. Good morning, Asanda. Thank you for hosting me and good morning to also our listeners. Great stuff. Let's talk hashtag no to vaccine mandate. Firstly, social media is going on a campaign and they want to stop vaccine obligations. So this was in part sort of, I guess, triggered by the SEDP's court against the government on this issue. Let's start there in terms of what the ACDP's concerns were. Well, thanks, Hassan. The, the African, um, African Christian Democratic Party um, took a stance that, um, in fact, they, they took uh, the Department of Health and South African Health Board Regulatory Authority to court so that um, they may stop child inoculating of children between the ages, the ages of 12 to 17 years. And their position on this is that, um, I mean, the policies that are made in the country decisions that are taken are based on research. And the research is informed by data. Mm. At this stage, there is no empirical evidence to suggest that children um, are most vulnerable to the pandemic. In fact, um, that the children can transmit the virus from one person to the next person. So their ground is that there is no medical justification or consensus that there should be a rollout of vaccination to children. And then these were submitted, um, and their stance is that the children, if we are going that route of um, vaccinating children, giving them that one dose, we are then using the children as guinea pigs in this exercise. And that's what they are against as the ACTP. So they're also saying that they requested uh, to meet with the South African Health Products Regulatory Authority or to at least get some information, and there was no response there. What could be the reasons for no response, do you think? Um, There is a claim that um, the Minister of Health um, filed his papers at 4 p.m., and this did not afford enough time for the ACTP or any applicants to respond. Um, So... uh, However, on the other side, the SAPRA has not yet filed these papers. Therefore, it requires about two two days or so, um, so that I can afford a hearing, so that the issues can then be ventilated properly. So I think I think at this stage they have not found the response, but it doesn't necessarily mean that um, the, 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 there will be silence. You know, um, I don't see the, the Department of Health being silent or not responding mm. at all. However, I think the the, the time in which um, the Minister of Health filed the, the papers might have been an issue which limited a response from the, their side as a government. So the Free the Children, Save the Nation MPC is joining the cause of the ACDP or the stance of them. But what is social media now saying? Well, the, the social media has, has, has not been silent on this. In fact, um, they, they have taken a, a, a stronger route, a different route, you know, also diverted um, from this by saying that, um, you know, they are, they are basically saying no to the obligations um, that have come, I mean, with the COVID-19 obliga- obligatory vaccinations, you know. Um, if, if you have observed, um, Asanda, what has happened recently, uh, contrary to what the president once mentioned, that um, this vaccination is important, yet it's not mandatory. mandatory. Mm. We have observed that um, in different spaces, there have been laws, you know, that have been put in place 
one way or another, you realize, for example, for argument's sake, um, and I won't mention names of companies, um, get vaccinated and then you come back to work. If you are not vaccinated within two weeks of time, within two weeks we want um, your results, um, but, uh, you, you know, you, 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 you don't have the virus, you are free, you have tested, and the test, you should do it at your own cost, you know. So one way or another, you realize that um, this is the way of saying get vaccinated because you know it's not sustainable to do this test um uh, the, 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 people feel that they have been put in a corner mm. to vaccinate and and i, I think the, the real issue here is not whether people vaccinate or not people don't i don't think people in south africans have a problem with um with vaccination but the issue is with people being forced feeling like that they are forced to vaccinate and then it kind of raises eyebrows for people and concerns for people. Hence, Twitter um, was very vigilant um, with this by saying, we're saying now no um, to COVID-19 obligatory vaccinations by government. How aggressive is this campaign? Or is it just a mere complaint, uh, you know, one of those that we have on Twitter, as it always happens, people just complaining or there's an actual movement here and it's quite aggressive? Well, I, I think there is a movement, um, uh, Sander, that is that is um, quite quite aggressive. It has it has started, and uh, I mean, people have gone to Pretoria High Court, you know, um, standing for this. It's not just uh, um, something that is happening in corridors in the streets of Twitter only. And you know, the power of the voices of people on the Twitter streets. Um, I think it's, it's something that should be given attention to, and it's also a voice that should. Uh, not be overlooked by government. You know, these mm. are real concerns. Even though we're on Twitter, these are real concerns of people on the ground. These are their real- realities. And then they put them on Twitter to say, um, well, we understand the call for people to vaccinate, but the manner in which the route we're taking now is not what we've signed up for. You know, we're feeling like we are being forced or pushed in a corner. Um, it's something that we should be doing in a free will, and we have been doing that. But um, the, 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 the pressure is, is just too much. It kind of raises eyebrows. So I think it's something that needs to be given attention. It cannot be overlooked. Well, millions of children have been inoculated all over the world, though. I mean, Cuba being the first to inoculate children, they were driven by the need to reopen schools. Uh, China, Venezuela and other countries followed. The UK started in August. Uh, They started with 16 and 17-year-olds and then went on to the younger ones. And, Mm. I mean, we're having debates in the country around schools being open to full capacity or or to at least full functionality. And even now, primary school children, the, you know, uh, debates around there that they should go to full-time in terms of schooling and stop the rotational timetables. So what is coercing us? Is it governments or is it the actual pandemic, COVID-19, in terms of children vaccinations? Well, I think I think in terms of children vaccination, there, there are just lots of um, gray areas. Um, I've not heard a statement coming from the World Health Organization in terms of. I mean, in your uh, in your view as well, you know, what what yes, do you think? Yes, yes. Um, I, I, I feel like um, we there are a lot of gray areas in this regard. We don't have sufficient information for us to to decide that. Um, we are going to have our children vaccinated. Yes, we are observing uh, what has happened in other states, you know, and that doesn't necessarily mean that we should jump into a decision of vaccinating our children without um, 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 enough sufficient information, without 
um, inf- research being done, being conducted. This is something that has that was supposed to have been done long ago. You remember, Sandra, that we don't just sleep and wake up to make decisions. Mm. We rely on empirical evidence, you know, um, to inform our decisions for tomorrow so that we are, are going to be able to say this was informed by ABCD. Therefore, in, going, in the future, this is a wise decision to take so that everyone else is safe. So we cannot just some suck decisions. Um, it, that's not the way we do policies and stuff like that. That's not the way we go about implementing decisions in this country. So I think this this one also should be taken in the in the, in, in that spirit, um, so that um, there, there, there is enough evidence to support the decisions that we are taking. Mm. Let's talk uh, hashtag NYDA now. The presidency announcing the new board yesterday. It's been some time that uh, this decision needed to be made. There were a bit of delays uh, with this. Uh, tell us about this. Well, it, it has been some time. Um, as the president did announce the new board for the NYDA. Um, he acknowledged that uh, about seven successful applicants now who, who have the task ahead of them to ensure the empowerment of youth. And you'll remember that um, this took place um, early, earlier this year. There were about um, the committee received about 1,000 applications for the seven vacancies. You can you can imagine 1,000, and then you narrow it down to seven. And we have observed the interviews. You know, the cream of the crop. Of South Africa, you know, um, that, that that have gone through the interview process up to the seven um, people that were announced, and um, what what then is left is a huge task ahead for all those who have been entrusted um, to carry this mandate of the NYDA. Mm. So the the president then for the National Youth Development Agency, we understand it's the first female president. Who is it? It's, it is Lu, Lu, uh, Asanda Luata. Uh, sorry, yes, it is Asanda Luata. She is the uh, first um, female president or chairperson on the NYDA, and it is it is it is something that we should also celebrate. Um, I'll mm. check her out. Um, she's one of um, researchers who has been with the Mapungube Institute. You know, so um, I mean, we are taking the right direction. Um, in terms of women getting the stage, uh, the platform, not because they are women, of course, but because of the capabilities they possess, because of um, we are believing in the leadership um, that, that they are likely to take in the country, especially for the youth in this regard, in this respect we are speaking of. So we, we, we are looking forward um, with what Asanda Lowata and the team are likely to put forward on board in terms of youth development. By the way, Asanda is a bomb name, if you didn't know it. <laughs> Asanda's rock, okay? If you didn't know, there's confirmation for you. <laughs> I guess it also goes with what the name means. I mean, in Iskosa, uh, Asanda means to, to develop. It means there's more to come. It means uh, uh, growth. So uh, is she going to have to leave the ANC Youth League and, and focus merely on uh, this National Youth Development Agency? I, I, I don't think so, Asanda. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's just me and 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 my and, and my thoughts. Um, I'm not. I've not really checked in terms of their contractual agreement whether it allows them to do that or not. However, remember they they will be playing this role for a period um, of 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 three years. You know. Okay. Um, so 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 there's got just three years to exercise and 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 do what they think is appropriate for the youth in line with the objectives of the NYDA.
So change your name, Kelo Iso to Asanda. <laughs> name your <laughs> name your, your child. Asanda in victory. <laughs> this should work together, Asanda. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. That's why you're here. But let's talk then in terms of what the president said in this appointment. He's saying that he sees this NYDA as a vital partner in implementing the presidential youth empowerment intervention. So there's quite a few in terms of what the priorities are there. There's five. But let's try and and focus or look at the the one about skills development needed for growth opportunities. How do we achieve this in light of COVID-19 and, well, the backdrop of it, we can say in a way, even though it's not really behind us, uh, how do we as- achieve one of these priorities of this presidential youth empowerment intervention of skills development that are needed for growth opportunities for our young people? Mm. Yeah, I think, I think um, the, the, the first step is not to start from scratch. You know, um, I mean, there the, the are initiatives that are already in place so that the colleagues are coming in. Um, knowing that, okay, there are initiatives that have been driven. Some of them have been successful. Some of them have not been successful. I think it's a matter of integrating um, the new perspectives, the new vision that they also have uh, in line with already with what is already on the ground. For example, I think um, one of the things that are lacking um, in terms of uh, micro level for South Africans mm-hmm. is, is, is in form of uh, provision of information, you know, career guidance services, mentorship, skill development and training, entrepreneurial development and support, health awareness programs and involvement in sport mm-hmm. for the youth. So 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 I can I can frame it in three segments. Um the micro perspective and the community level. I mean um, encouraging young people to be catalysts for change in their own communities. We need people to just be involved in their communities. You see people being involved in tertiary institutions for those who are in higher education. But when you go to the communities, you pick up that these people are not that active. So we need platforms for young people in their communities. We need their voice to be heard. We need them to be hands-on on the challenges and um, bring solutions, you know, real solutions to their real-life problems in their communities. And uh, another one is the big one at the macro level now, mm-hmm. provincial and national level, you know, through the policy development, through the partnership and the research programs that are in place, you know. Um, the, in fact, the, even the preparation, the participation of the youth in developing key policy inputs which shape the socioeconomic landscape of South Africa, which I think that's where this leadership, that's where the leadership is um, at that macro level. But for, for, for me and you, for you know, and others, uh, there needs to be more focus on the individual level and community level, the micro level and the meso level. So to see that, that we are actually being developed, we do have access to information because without that access to information, it means then you cannot uh, be influential, you cannot be hands-on because you don't have sufficient information, then you need to be capacitated with the skills that are required. Yeah. Quarter past four is our time. If you've just joined us here on SAFM Sound Awake, talking to Loiso Matrigo, social commentator on uh, trending topics. So let's talk hashtag Gwe De Mantashe now, the Minister of Energy and Mineral Resources. So he's been vocal at the Energy Investment Conference. Also, we are still uh, having the COP 26 conference ongoing. He's talking about African nations should not be coerced into taking missteps by being pressured to rapidly abandon fossil fuels. What did you take from the gist of what he was saying? 
Well, the, 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 there are different ways to, to, to look at this. Um, one, you feel like the, the, the minister um, has a point um, that he's raising there, that uh, there's this urgent call. You know, he has made actually this urgent appeal um, of uh, that Africans form that united front mm-hmm. against this coercion, you know, by global anti-fossil fuel. And, um, you know, the, the, the feeling here is not only him who is stating this, it's also supported by the Secretary of the African Petroleum Producers Organization, you know, um, Farouk Ibrahim, where stated that um, the historic background of Africa's position should be considered when one calls for a transition for, from the fossil fuel energy, as, as, as it has been the case. Um, by uh, globally now now here is the thing we are seeing something that has been working for Africa you know this is um, this we're talking about the natural resources that um, the, the, the African continent prides itself for and when it comes to I think what we're trying to address at the end of the day mm. um, which made um, the minister to say these statements is that we are trying to address the issue of climate change. Yeah. And as it stands, stats tells us, indicates that, um, I mean, um, it's about 17% of the world's population that contributes to the greenhouse gases, while it's only a total of 3% uh, for, 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 for Africa. Yes. So, so you'll know that from this that um, the, the, the current emission that is made by the continent does not warrant the pressure that the continent has received. Hence, um, the, the, the minister has made uh, these remarks um, in, in his address during the course of, sorry, um, in his opening address. Yes, I mean, and it is, as you say, 3% of the emissions in the world on, come from Africa. South Africa only contributes about 1.3% of that. So mm. because mm. we are one of the least uh, polluting, does it give us more bargaining power then? Because we can maybe say we can buy more time in this issue. We're definitely nowhere near the biggest emitters, which are uh, China at the top with 30% and the U.S. following at number two with 14.5%. So then we can put our foot down and say, actually, we will come up with our own terms of bargaining. Yes, definitely we can. We've got ever ground um, to put our foot on this, um, knowing that uh, we are not the, the, the highest contributors. And there are already proposals on the table, you know, um, in ensuring that we, 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 we carry on with this. Um, one, one of those was made by Abraham saying that uh, what can happen in this regard is that uh, there needs to be financing of the fossil fuel energy in a sustainable manner so that you can even reduce the pressure further and the pricing of migration to the renewable energy. It does seem, though, that um, the migration to the renewable energy is the way to go in the future. Mm. However, uh, I also picked up that at this stage we are not ready for that. Um, we, we, we know what has worked for us, um, and uh, we, we, we're not ready to get into a new venture that we're not sure what is going what, what to do for us at this stage. So that's, that's what I've picked up. But if, if, if I may, Asanda, there's mm-hmm. also um, contrary remarks to, to, to what um, the minister has said, you know. Um, other people have raised that, um, you know, there's a crucial point that might have been missed by the minister such as that currently fewer and fewer bankers and investors want to sink capital into the fossil fuels. And the money that is rapidly moving to renewables, the money is actually moving to, towards the renewables, mm. and there's 
decarbonize economies and issues are actually going to be far more competitive in the greener future because of other economies and industries. So that's why I was saying uh, it seems like the future is going towards the greener future. Yeah. However, it seems like perhaps it's something that we are not yet ready for. And we should not be made to be ready for within an instance. You know, we should be prepared for it. Um, hence the call that has been made by the minister. The calls uh, or the, I guess, looking forward to the nuclear power as uh, 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 an option how viable are these? We know that currently the, U, uh, the U.S. are the top in terms of, uh, I don't know if we can say, well, we can argue that they're number one in the world because they've got about 96 operable nuclear reactors. But there are those who are against nuclear because of issues on re- uranium and radioactive waste. And where are these going to go? Because it could pose threats to people and the environment. But it is being used, as I say, in, in places like the U.S., the China, uh, South Korea, France and, and Russia. Yes, it, it has been used um, um, in the countries that you have just mentioned. However, the minister did mention that um, it is it is an option um, that we can also adopt um, in our case scenario. Um, however, it does seem like not, not much has really been um, addressed with regards to uh, the, the options of a nuclear power as the way to go forward. However, I can say that um, as the conference is running up until um, Friday, it is expected that such such options will be discussed. Um, I mean, the options of the nuclear power energy transition on the continent, um, working towards the renewable energy solutions, the opportunities and problems that one might pick up with the investment on the continent, as well as creating an enabling environment. I think this is what you've just raised is going to be part of the discussions, you know, as they seek a way forward in addressing um, what the minister was speaking on. Okay, before we get to our new uh, topic or the next topic, uh, we've got a caller on our previous topic on the NYDA's appointment, Romeo in KZN. Morning, Romeo. How are you? I am. Good morning, my sister, Sandra, and your guest. How are you this morning? Good. Thank you very much, Romeo. I cannot just go ahead without greeting all the truck drivers around the country. And yeah, we know you. <laughs> Spokesperson. <laughs> yeah. Uh, see, um, I just wanted to echo on the issue of appointment of this lady, Asanda, as you were trying to take up your, I mean, explaining your, the meaning of Asanda and to say that is development. So I believe that uh, as a woman being given that position, I'm sure she is going to work very hard. My only suggestion is the shortage of skills in the country is a, it's a music of every day. So I wanted to suggest that now that she is taking over, isn't it not wise for also to partnership with these private companies to start developing um, different skills, electrical, engineering, welding, so that whenever there are existence of any vacancies in any public or private, that will do assist and you can always go via NYD, mm-hmm. uh, National Youth Agents, including also to renovate all the infrastructures that were damaged and uh, that were abandoned so that they could look new and the government can always use these offices and that would benefit all these uh, 
uh, NYAGA for the issue of giving them the allowances while it's during the course of uh, trying to develop the skills. Okay. Thank you so Thank much you. For, for your call, Romy. I always appreciate hearing from you. Do, would you want to add uh, anything, Loiso, there to what Romy is saying? I guess maybe... I think so. what, what Romy has raised is very important. Mm. I mean, there is scarce skills shortage in South Africa, and um, we will pick up that some of these scarce skills shortage uh, are not being addressed in higher education institutions. So what is it that the NYDA is going to put on board in terms of that? So that in terms of the gaps, um, of things that we have not seen. That's what we look at Wasanda and, 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 and the team. What is it that they are bringing? And I do have trust on the team. Um, they're the cream of the crop in South Africa, mm. and they will lead uh, by Elvango. Well, if they use that presidential youth empowerment intervention as their foundation, one of the priorities there is to build a network of youth work seekers to view and access mm. what's available to them. So I would imagine that private companies and partnerships come in there because the jobs are not just in, in government. They'll be also in the private space. So, yeah. Uh, oh, good luck That's to her. Actual. I think she'll do great, as Romeo is saying. Let's talk uh, finally now. Hashtag Cuba. Durko is investigating an incident where the medical students that are deployed there in South Africa were manhandled, allegedly, by police. There's video doing the socials. Um, it, it, it's a very disturbing um, video that I've watched. I've seen the video. I, I try and avoid watching such, yeah. Um, I, <laughs> mm, I, I, I had to, I had to, you know, um, we... We, we perhaps we are fortunate that we are able to see such, but I can only imagine that there are many cases of that nature that we are not able to see on the video. You know, whereby the police who are supposed to maintain public order and safety, you know, are misusing and abusing um, their, their power. You know, on the students. Well, um, this this is disturbing video that um, we have seen, and there are investigations um, that are currently taking place. Um, the the Department of International, International Relations has commented on this, and the Health Department also confirmed that um, those students were assaulted, assaulted in this video, uh, South African medical students. Well, I mean, how many people can be seen beaten in, in the video? I think, um, if my memory serves me well, about uh, three, three to four students hmm. um, that we are, we are seeing. Um, there's one gentleman where we had his um hands back you know held by one police officer and while that i mean at that stage you're harmless you know your hands behind your back and then there comes one policeman you know um, gives him a clap on the face you know and uh i mean there's there was just a lot of shoving and pushing yeah. um from the police side of things and obviously, also the, the we can see we can hear the the, the, the South Africans also responding in terms of um, I mean as they are talking you can relate the language that okay people were not happy but if you look at uh, the 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 story that was shared um, by students who wanted to remain anonymous mm-hmm. um, this student states that uh, you know there was a birthday celebration inside the hostel and someone complained about the noise in the area and they they called the cops on them. However, what we're picking up, assuming that at the time that the video is taken, is at the arrival of the cops, you know, we are not seeing people being arrested 
for any law that you might have uh, broken. Mm. Uh, we are only observing students being manhandled. You know, um, we are only we are also not seeing. Uh, you know, you'll expect that if there's a noise, uh, one will just lower the volume. Um, address people properly. Um, they know the rules of the space. I don't know the rules, but there are basic things that you'll expect in such a case to take to take place. However, it seems not to be the case in this instance. So the Department of International Relations and Cooperation then calling for the, well, they're saying the investigation is ongoing, as you say, but also calling for us to not sensationalize this video. How will this be possible, and is it not too late? I mean, if we talk of an era of social media and we know how fast things spread, and also the the treatment and well-being of South Africans studying in Cuba not coming to the forefront for the first time. We know that back in July there were issues of student stipends not reaching them, and there were 500 students who were stranded in Cuba, and they were saying they were living under deplorable conditions. Is it not too late to say, let's not sensationalize? It, it, it is it is too late, Asanda, in the in, in the sense that um, um, if 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 the video did not go out, uh, I mean, will there be invest, invest, investigations that are taking place? Would we be where we are today? Uh, would we have the health department, you know, um, with the international relations, you know, checking out what is it that has happened? Would there would, would we have action that are taking place? As things seem to be, you know. So I think it is too late um, for for that not to happen. Um, I understand in terms of uh, trying to maintain um, the relations with the Cuban government, but we are speaking about lives asunder here. Mm. Uh, we have seen people being manhandled, uh, assaulted, you know, misuse of power. Well, it could have gotten worse. It could mm. have gotten worse. So we've got different cases that we can relate to. You know, um, so it's it's too late for that. But uh, I think it has also given us awareness of some of the cases that are taking place for our students abroad. You know, um, that 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 are not getting the attention of the media as this one has received. Well, as you say, investigations are going to continue. They are underway, and the findings that Durko is saying will be communicated to the affected parties including the families of the students. I wonder what the families are saying. I guess they'll come forward as well as time goes. Let's leave it there. We are out of time. Thank you so much for joining us, Loiso. Great chatting. Thank you very much, Asanda. Enjoy your day. Thank you to Loiso Matriko, social commentator, discussing what's happened in social media, looking at the last 24 hours in our trending topics. This is SFM Sound Awake. Good morning. 4.31 is our time if you've just joined us.